Hello, everybody. This is Dan Woods, and this is another episode of Designing Enterprise Platforms, a podcast from Early Adopter Research. Today, we're going to talk about why isn't backup a key source for data mining, analytics, and applications. I'm joined today by Punjan Kumar, one of the co-founders of Clumio, a modern cloud backup system. What we're going to be talking today is why backups aren't really being used the way I think that they should be. I mean, ideally, when you create a backup repository, you have a repository of all the data in a company. Now, in some of the modern solutions, that data is actually accessible and organized, meaning they didn't just take images of the backups or data in the rawest possible form. They actually understood the data and stored it with a schema. Well, if you've done that and you can actually access the data independently of the original system, why isn't it being used more often for data mining, analytics, and applications? I mean, you've got all of the data in one place. You've got the ability to access it. You understand a lot about it from the metadata that you've gathered when you did the backup. So it just doesn't seem to make any sense that you wouldn't put that all to use. So we're going to explore this question with Punjan, and we're going to talk about you know, how the world of backup has changed, how the cloud has made new things possible, what kind of things don't make sense in some of the, the current incarnations of backup solutions, and then what is the broadest possible you know, potential of a fully realized cloud backup system? We're going to look at what is not being done badly and you know, what is being done better than it ever has been in this new world of cloud backup. So let's just start at the beginning. First of all, Poonjan, would you introduce yourself and, and just tell me a little bit about how you came to start Clumio? Absolutely. Thanks, Dan, for the opportunity. Really excited to be doing this. My name is Pujan Kumar. Uh, as, as Dan mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders of, of Clumio. I've spent the last uh, 20 plus years uh, in the enterprise industry at Oracle, at VMware, and then a startup of my own called Pernix Data that got acquired by Nutanix and then uh, Clumio. So it's been you know, 20 years of learning uh, enterprise and kind of witnessing all the transitions uh, that have happened. Uh, and obviously one of the biggest transitions that we are witnessing right now with the cloud was the big inspiration, I would say, uh, in jumpstarting uh, Clumio while taking all the learnings of the last, you know, 20 plus years of, you know, building enterprise products, you know, selling it, marketing it, just figuring it out what it takes uh, to solve customer problems in the enterprise. So you're a fully realized enterprise software entrepreneur, in other words. Absolutely, I wrote a lot of code uh, in my life and have done like pretty much every aspect of uh, enterprise company building. So, so I feel ready to be able to do something like this uh, with the 20 years of experience well, I have. Well, cool. So now you could have gone in a lot of directions. Uh, why was it that you decided that backup was the place that needed the most help? Yeah, so fundamentally, I guess, you know, I, I, I think about, uh, you know, if you say companies are in three categories, right? You know, there is uh, companies that do something uh, with data, right? Then there's companies that, uh, you know, watch companies uh, do something with data. These are more control plane companies. And then companies uh, that build tools for the first two, right? So three broad categories, right? If you see uh, in, in the history of enterprise computing, the first category of companies are the biggest ones because those are the companies that are doing something meaningful with the data. So it all starts with the data, as they say, right? Data is the new oil or whatever metaphor you want to use. But bottom well, line know, that, is that- it, It's interesting that you say data is the new oil. I, I, I heard another inter interpretation of that that's saying 
a better way to say it is data is the new sun because right. oil is used up when you use right. it, but data is not. It keeps radiating value and it doesn't, you know, burn out, you know, the way oil does. But um, it's interesting that you, you, you make uh, that distinction because like, I think you're right in that if you look at the, the companies that were earliest in becoming the largest enterprise software companies, they're the ones who created this authoritative set of data describing business operations. And I'm talking about like the ERP companies and then all of the ones that follow who were the three letter acronym companies, you know, SCM, CRM, you know, uh, HR, uh, human capital management, HCM, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that. So it's, it's actually creating that model of the business. That's what you mean by doing something with data. Exactly. Right. And it all starts off with, you know, are, you know, do you have the data and then you can do something with it. Right? Obviously, Salesforce could do something with all the CRM data once they had the CRM data right, and kind of build an app ecosystem on top of it. Snowflake, sister company of ours, just went IPO a couple of days ago. Same thing, right? Start with the, the data, the analytics use case, and then kind of go and, you know, build more applications on top of the data. So that was the fundamental reason for us to go in Start with start with this use case, both because it gives you access to the data, but also because we obviously saw a big void in the industry in terms of what was not being done, especially in the context of this transition uh, to the public cloud and why customers needed to kind of, you know, be taken into a journey into the cloud the right way and nobody else was doing it. So it was a combination of reasons why we chose this use case, but really it's about the long term here. Got it. And so the idea is Clumio is all about solving the cloud, solving the data backup problem, given the realities of the public cloud. Correct. That's today. Long term, it's about, uh, as you kind of uh, introduced in the beginning of this podcast, long term, it's about going and figuring out if you do it the right way, especially in the cloud context, can you do more with this data that you're backing up? But yes, today it's about backing it up, step one, and then it's about going and doing the, the things beyond that. Okay, so good. So now everybody should know who Poonjan is and where he comes from. And so now we can get back to our outline. So let's start with the first question. And that is, what has changed in the world of backup? You know, why is it that things are different now? Because there's a, you know, a long history of companies, you know, ones that have been very successful who've done enterprise backup since the beginning of enterprise software. And now you're saying that there's a fundamental change going on and that there's opportunity for new companies. You know, so what has changed and what is that opportunity? Yeah, let's start, you know, take a step back almost, right? And see what has changed fundamentally with enterprise computing and how customers are deploying their applications today, right? So if you looked at, you know, the world before the public cloud, it was all about, you know, a data center world where I would buy a piece of software or hardware and essentially build this uh, application myself and the infrastructure of the application myself and then buy, you know, a, a potential backup solution that would, you know, be sitting on premises with my data center and with my application and maybe replicate it to another data center if I'm worried about DR. But really, I would go and build all of these solutions, you know, myself, right? These right. Are also the so days, this, this takes us from like the beginning of the mainframe computer in the mid 60s all the way up until like the late 1980s you know that 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 describes that world where ibm was dominant essentially right actually even beyond that i would say right even like up until the public cloud arrived you essentially even with with companies like you know oracle and vmware and all of these companies that were there before the the, the public cloud arrived you pretty much did some version of the same thing 
right? Oh, so I see. Like the, you, yeah. Got it. You're including installing an enterprise application as part of this, not not only building your own custom solutions. I get it. Absolutely, yeah, the whole thing, right? But if you look at the last, you know, 15 years, what AWS announced uh, their first offerings in 2007, so it's about 13 years in the making now. But if you look at what has happened over the last, you know, 13-ish years, is that that enterprise computing has now changed drastically. No longer are you just doing this. Obviously, you're still doing this. This is not a world that's overnight going to transition. But now data also sits in applications natively built in the public cloud, where you're not managing a bunch of this infrastructure yourself. It's like the CRM use case we talked about, right? You know, gone are the days where you would, you know, get a CRM software from Oracle and buy a bunch of hardware and build your own, you know, CRM system or whatever. You just go to Salesforce, right? And something similar has happened to email and, you know, ticketing systems with service now and so on and so forth, right? So every, you know, vertical has seen this transition happen both in terms of SaaS, like whatever can be SaaSified today gets, you know, SaaSified, so to speak. But everything else, you know, if you can go and leverage infrastructure as a service or platform as a service in the public cloud, you're going to build an application using IAS and PaaS in the public cloud. And then if you're if you can't do any of these, and for other maybe reasons where you can't have your data leave your own premises or whatever it might be. You, you still do what you did in the last you know, 40, 50 years before the public cloud and SaaS arrived. So, but the thing that's constant about this journey, if you see, is for any typical enterprise today, the data is spread out, right? It's no longer sitting in one place like it was before the public cloud and, and SaaS solutions arrived. Now it's spread out between SaaS solutions, between applications built in the public cloud, and then obviously whatever, if any, that's sitting in your on-premises data center. And so that requires you to now think about protecting all of this in a very different way. Really, I'll buy a solution that protects my, my on-premises data center because that's not enough. I have this data that's everywhere. So I have to think of a, a solution that can do firstly across all of these data sources. And secondly, like I don't want to be managing some of these things myself and going to Salesforce for CRM, or Snowflake for analytics, or you know, uh, or or, in, or or Microsoft 365 for email. I don't want to be in the business of employing people, and my, maybe I can't even find people who want to do this job anymore, and kind of manage this infrastructure and deal with backup myself. I want to consume a service that can backup all of my data sources across on-prem, cloud, and SaaS with a single solution that I can consume as a service that's there when I need it, that I know it's backing it up at all times and it's there when I need it for a restore or a ransomware attack and stuff like that. So that requires okay. you to think about it differently. Okay, so now what new burdens have you know risen up? What new problems there are to solve? And you know why can't the existing enterprise backup vendors solve them? Yeah. So that's where, if you look at the, all the existing enterprise backup vendors before we came uh, into the picture, right? Yeah, were really built in this restrained world, right? It was a restrained world of, okay, I have this compute and storage that's running in this box, and maybe there's a cluster of these boxes, right? That that are that are running my software that I'm giving to the customer, and the customer is running it and managing it. But number one, it was constrained to be doing that, right? Now you have to port that same architecture somehow. Okay, so you, so just to make sure I understand what you're saying, you're saying that 
those systems essentially were also on-premise systems. They were running as on-premise systems. Correct, correct, right. And it was a combination of software and hardware, but running on-premises. And if you try to take that software and run it in the cloud, right, you still are essentially delivering a piece of software that the customer has to manage themselves. And by the way, it can be cost prohibitive because the cloud has to be taken advantage in a very different way, right? It can't be the way you did it before. You have to essentially take advantage of cloud native architectures and build a solution that is amenable to the cloud economics, right? So, so that is one thing that comes in the way of the legacy solutions, right? The other thing that comes in the way is none of these solutions were services, right? It's like saying I couldn't take Oracle CRM and make it Salesforce. It didn't work like that, right? Salesforce had to be built from the ground up. It had to be built as a multi-tenant solution where each customer, each tenant is essentially thinking of consuming Salesforce as the only thing, but the reality behind the scenes, it's a completely multi-tenant system, which again, the legacy products never had to do because that was never the, the use case, right? You never were looking to deliver a multi-tenant service. You were giving a piece of software and hardware uh, to an enterprise to run it themselves it. in the data center. So, so to summarize, basically in the new world, you're dealing with, first of all, a, a software as a service backup solution. Second of all, you're dealing with the fact that, it, that it's got to run in the cloud in a, in a new way. And, and you know, anybody who's followed Salesforce as closely as I have knows that Salesforce and most of the other large SaaS companies, they actually had to invent their own computing infrastructure. You know, uh, Salesforce created its own language uh, that was used to create Salesforce so it could work in that multi-tenant way. And so, uh, uh, and then becoming that is allows you to get the efficiencies of the public cloud and the elastic scalability so you can deliver your service at a, in an economic way. Okay, and then the idea is that this has to run in the cloud in a, in a different, more automated way that the, 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 what you're presenting to the user is not a complex con, you know, da uh, airplane dashboard of complexity that they have to manage. You're, you're presenting a much more simpler, more automated service for them that they can, of course, configure when they need to, but it's, 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 a, it's a whole different ballgame. So just taking a, an enterprise backup and moving it to that is not something that's going to be able to happen in a shoehorned way. You essentially have to start, start from scratch. Exactly. And then now add the additional thing around, you know, there's applications for the same customer that are running in the public cloud across multiple regions, potentially in the public cloud across multiple public clouds, maybe, right? Maybe I'm running one application in one public cloud, another application in another public cloud, because I like some capabilities of the other cloud better than the, uh, than the first one, or maybe because I, I, I want to be a multi-cloud uh, company. I don't want to get locked in into a single cloud. But now as you do all of these things, and by the way, add the complexity of, I'm definitely using multiple SaaS services anyways out there. So now you add all of this, you want a single platform to be able to protect all of this data, right? Across all of these public clouds. And so the platform has to span and work seamlessly across every region, every public cloud, and then also be able to, you know, essentially back up, you know, SaaS data sources. So all of this requires somebody to come and rethink the whole, you know, backup story and basically deliver what customer needs and where the, based on where the customer is going, not where the customer was. Got it. And so now, if you've got what you say you can deliver, you've got this one 
uh, a cloud-based backup as a service system that absorbs all of your SaaS applications, all of your, do you backup on-premise as well or just cloud and public cloud? Yeah, so this is where I guess, you know, it's it's part of, you know, taking the customer onto a journey, right? You can't uh, just rely on where they want to go, but you also have to kind of, you know, meet them where they are. So today our platform does support, and by the way, this is a journey, right? We don't have all of this figured out. We support, you know, some use cases on premises like VMware, which is the biggest one, obviously. And then we support AWS uh, as the cloud today. We're working on the other uh, public cloud vendors. And then we support uh, Microsoft 365 as our, as our first SaaS application. And we're obviously working on other SaaS applications. But we also, we kind of service all three, quote unquote, legs of the stool, so to speak, where the customer has the data today. Got it. And so now let's say you've got, the whole vision is for everything. You've got parts of it working and, and, and that's where your customers are most interested in buying your product, obviously. And then, um, but now you've got this kind of corpus of data in a, in a cloud backup, what has, is now newly possible based on this, this collection of data that you've collected from the SaaS and the public clouds you know, into this new you know, cloud backup? What's different about that? What more is possible with a cloud backup? Yeah, so this is where now the whole you know, thing arises in terms of how do you take advantage of that elasticity and you know, near unlimited scale that the cloud provides, right? Because the cloud provides you not just the scale, it also provides you access to a lot of services that you can essentially, you know, leverage and do a bunch of things that in the, in the previous world would require you to, you know, you know, have custom software and all of that, that you had to install and manage yourself and do, right? So I'll give you an example before I kind of, uh, you know, answer your question. So if you take an example around Google Photos, for instance, right? So, you know, Google Photos has the ability to take the photographs that you have on your iPhone or Android or whatever system. They basically you know, take it in, into, you know, the Google Photos, which is basically sitting in the cloud somewhere. You don't really care. It's a service that you're consuming and you know your, you know, your pictures and videos of your loved ones are basically, you know, there, right? But the other thing it does, if you see, right, it, it basically, you know, the fact that it's sitting in the cloud allows it to kind of go over, you know, the image recognition of those photos. And now you can essentially go and search, uh, you know, you know dog, a dog or maybe classify uh, and, and say, okay, they, they basically can find you all the pictures where your son is there or daughter is there or whatever, or your wife is there and stuff like that, right? That is the power of the cloud. If they tried to do it with the power processing power that I had on my phone, that would be very, very hard, right? And so that is what we're talking about when you take this backup data into the cloud, right? Before you were stuck with the same, you know, the equivalent of your phone computing power with that infrastructure that was running the backup. And by the way, the infrastructure was designed to do the backup, not to do anything more because it did not have any more, you know, storage or computing to do anything more in the first place. So even though you can, you can tear theoretical story around, oh, I can do these cool things. Uh, on this on-premises infrastructure, the reality is it didn't have enough juice to do anything. Whereas cloud, on the other hand, as far as you have the data there, obviously you have to start off with the data first. As far as you have the data there, you can summon, you know, uh, you know, we call it the army of lambdas uh, from our CTO, but basically you can essentially kick off an army of lambdas and do a, a small bit of computing on the data that's sitting in the in the public cloud. So that is where opportunities now emerge where let's just take an example, right? If I want to basically see where are, 
every you know all in all my you know backup copies do i have any you know database or or vm or something like that that has credit card number stored you can essentially you know leverage a service in the cloud kick off a bunch of lambdas and very quickly determine if you had any you know uh, you know data that had credit card number stored in it right so things like that you can essentially simplify and do once the data is sitting in the cloud that you could not do when the data was sitting well, locked in a box or something like that right and and another uh, i think really important uh, uh, use case for this centralized repository is is compliance with data oriented and privacy oriented regulations for example you could have a lambda function and when 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 pujan talks about lambda he means serverless functions or services that are running on the cloud that are automatically triggered when new data arrives or when something happens so that they can be constantly watching out for whatever you want them to watch out for and one of the things they could be watching out for is personally identifiable information uh and so that information then is the information that's really mostly subject to the regulations and it's the information you have to know all of the stuff you have you have to know where it is you have to know if somebody wants to be forgotten you have to know how to you know essentially forget that information and and uh that's one you know type of a uh, use case another type of use case is understanding and doing a really good customer 360 application understanding any time something new comes in about a customer from any other uh uh source of data or any other realm you can start doing that and then there's all sorts of other data mining where you're trying to find relationships between uh customers and products and services especially across many channels or across many products you know you now have all of that there so you can start doing the sort of data mining to to do that or another one is just entity you know resolution just coming up like i said a customer 360 is a part of it coming up with a fuller picture of what's going on so this all sounds great doesn't it but it's just i have looked and looked and looked and even at the you know the the advanced backup companies that have have got something similar to what clumio has i haven't found anybody that's pointed me to a customer that's really taking the full advantage of this. You know, why is is uh uh this not happening? Why are people not taking advantage of the real, you know, incredible potential of having a centralized backup repository? And you know, it's not even just cloud backup repositories. Some of the enterprise vendors have these incredible repositories that are, you know, based on enter, you know, on-premise backups, and I haven't found anybody that's using them. So, you know, what's what's going on? Why isn't this being used? yeah because i think the to to use this like see customers you have to simplify things for a customer right you cannot uh, try to solve a problem and give you know a bunch of steps and complexity along with it right and so the reality is that you know you got to do this and make it very very simple so if you have the backup that is say sitting uh, in our case in the cloud and you essentially you know you know deliver a service to them and they log in into the service one fine day and they see something show up it's like the world garden and i am exploring my world garden and then you know i i basically see that oh there is a new tab on the service that uh, is telling me that i can do some detection or i can do ransomware detection and stuff like that i go and i click that and i enable that application so to speak and start you know seeing what kind of change rates are happening and if the change rates are you know way away from the normal the service is kind of you know informing me that oh maybe you have some ransomware uh, going on in your account so things like this you have to deliver with the simplicity right you can't deliver it's like saying oh now take this piece of software do this and do that and by the way 
you might not have enough computing power to do it and hence we can do it only once a month or whatever right if you do all of that things with complexity and restrictions it will not work and so the reason all of these things that you talked about dan don't really exist and only exist in architecture today is because the platform and the solution the way it's built has to inherently be able to support it if you don't have that you can only talk about it in a marketing slide but you cannot really deliver it with the simplicity to the customer and hence customer will not use it so that's that's why you don't see it so you're saying essentially that there's got to be a layer of services built on top of the central repository to kind of make sense of it and then maybe another layer of services on top of that to do the analytics and then you can start presenting stuff that's actually can build a solution for customers absolutely i think there has to be a platform that firstly has the data right and then think of it like no different than a ios uh, operating system right you know there's the the platform that has the data and then there's application that the apple builds or a ecosystem partner builds same thing with android and things like that but basically that's the kind of stuff it has to it that has to be built right and that's the journey we are on as clumio also where starting off the backup use case and then it's about going and building those you know the equivalent of the email and the calendar the first couple of apps and then also opening up so that other applications can be built on top of the data obviously you know based on the customer you know agreement and and stuff like that if they agree for that application to be active then the application can do those things on top of that customer's data got it so now the clumio began because you noticed this thing going on with with backups and then one of the things we talked in the preparatory interview was about how you've been seeing a lot of differences between people who have naively implemented cloud backup systems either for themselves or using products and people who are actually intelligently taking a uh advantage of advantage of the cloud So could you go over a couple of the uh reasons that you see a lot of cloud backup solutions whether custom or productized being done badly? Yes, yeah, so the problem with the, the solutions out there is that you know every solution out there before we came into the market you know because obviously people were solving the the cloud backup problem right it's you know cloud has been there for the last you know at least in earnest for the last you know 8 9 years and and obviously in theory in the last 13 years but but basically people were either building it themselves or you know some other outside vendors kind of building it on top of the primitives that the aws's of the world provide and the aws's the world provide primitives around snapshotting where i can snapshot my data and you can essentially keep that snapshot but guess what that snapshot is not really backup because firstly it sits in the same account right so i have hundreds of accounts so now i have to kind of not only do this you know kind of in a piecemeal fashion but the reality is even after i do it and after i pay through my nose for these snapshots which are not meant to be backups but that's the only primitive i had so that's what i'm doing it but 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 reality is the snapshots sit in the same account so now if there's a fat finger or there's a ransomware or something happens somebody can go and delete my primary and my my snapshot which was supposed to be my backup and guess what i'm back to square one i didn't really you know protect myself which is how you know was never done in in the world that uh, you know before public cloud because you never put your primary and backup in the same you know infrastructure right you separated it out it was air gap but that doesn't ex- didn't exist in the in the public cloud so those are the half baked solutions that exist today that essentially either you know take advantage of snapshots or build like just control plane analytics or whatever that on top of the snapshots without fundamentally solving the true backup solution to protect the customer 
So, so with Clumio, we essentially separate ourselves from any of those things because we don't rely on snapshots. We have built our own data platform, which does all the deduplication, compression, encryption, all of those things. And data is now air-gapped into this solution. So the customer is now sure that even if their account gets hacked or a fat finger or something that happens, you know, all that stuff can go off in their, in their account, but their backups, which are sitting with Plumio, are not touched, right? So that is the, the big difference that, that we came in with. And then when you access the data, you also are accessing and understanding more about its schema so that when it is in the centralized cloud repository, you can actually make sense of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, we, we already provide, like taking advantage of the cloud, we already provide some very cool capabilities to essentially say that, okay, you have this database data with say RDS sitting on the Clumio cloud, and you want to essentially go and see if there was a, a record with Dan in my backup two years ago, right? In the previous world, you had to essentially take that backup from two years ago, literally figure out if the database version is even supported or not supported. If it's not supported, I have to go and essentially, you know, migrate that data into uh, a schema that is supported in a later version or whatever, then ultimately, you know, mount it and attach it to a compute instance and, and then do a query and see if Dan exists in that database or not. Whereas with Clumio, you can just literally write that query today and it will go in all of your past backups and basically tell you if uh, that row exists or not. So that is the kind of capability we have built. So it's already, you know, capabilities way beyond backup. We call it granular record recovery feature where you can actually literally retrieve a single record from anywhere in the past. And that's extremely powerful. Got it. Now, you've also talked in your product roadmap about doing something that I think is really interesting, which is you're adding data protection capabilities to your backup, you know, functional, your, your, your backup platform. Um, is data protection, do you think it's really more naturally a backup function than a cybersecurity function? Because most of the data protection firms out there now position themselves as cybersecurity firms, but you're saying, wait, wait, the natural kind of combination of this functionality is really more attuned to a backup function. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, it, it all starts off with, you know, obviously cybersecurity is a pretty wide uh, area by itself. But I think there are some adjacent areas which rely on the fact that, you know, I have access to the data because I'm backing it up. I also have access to a bunch of controls, uh, you know, around the data. I know who is accessing the data and what kind of networking, you know, setups uh, have been done and the firewalls and, and all of that. So all of the, the metadata around the data is also something that, uh, you know, you know, as you are essentially backing up the data. So can you take the combination of these two things and, and look at, you know, what's changing, what's not changing, what's getting accessed and how and, and from where and all of that and really go and, you know, provide more security capabilities on the platform, which is, I think, the thing that you can do. And obviously, it's not going to be comprehensive. A lot of the cybersecurity vendors do a lot more than this. So I'm not claiming to, you know, kind of do it all. But there's some adjacent things that you can do while doing backup. So what you're saying, Punjan, is that there's a, a set of data protection capabilities that are more naturally implemented once you have this centralized cloud backup repository. Could you explain like just one function uh, for data protection that is better implemented, you know, using your public cloud centralized repository? Yeah, so for instance, I think the, the one we talked about is a, is, is a good one, where in terms of, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, ransomware, right? You know, 
the way ransomware typically you know happens in any environment is it's 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 a journey right there is you know a certain thing that's infected and that goes and essentially over time you know you know kind of spreads itself and starts encrypting a bunch of data and more data and stuff like that so so essentially when that happens you'll see some anomalies in terms of how the data is changed you typically might be changing it at 2 3 5% in a day but suddenly you might be speaking and say you know changing 100% of the data because you're encrypting the whole drive or whatever in the, in the same 24 hours right as a backup solution you can detect some of these things because you know you're backing it up so you know how much of the data is changed and if you kind of see these anomalies in a more you know using machine learning techniques and stuff like that you can essentially you know you can't prevent it but you can flag it and say okay you probably are seeing some kind of a ransomware attack that is festering in your environment so there's things like that you could do which are very cool got it and so let's just take the biggest step back now we've i think covered you know in 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 a, in a very good way some of the reasons that the that these central repositories aren't being used as they should be as far as i'm concerned for other applications and and uh now what i want to do is you've you know done a this is your second startup you've worked a lot in larger companies um what have you learned you know building clumio as an engineer and as an entrepreneur you know what we're always learning and we're always you know coming up with new mistakes that we're making new lessons could you just share with a, with us a, a few of those ones that you've recently learned uh you know as a founder as a as a leader of a company yeah i mean obviously i think for me uh this is uh, at least my second time around uh, as founder as co-founder and, and ceo of of a startup so so clearly i think you know when you're doing it for the first time when i was at at my previous startup you know you're learning on the job a lot more uh, this time you know it's a little different for me it's a lot more you know uh, comfortable in some aspects uh, in terms of the learning part but then also you know i've also if you look at my own career it was basically a career that was built with all the stuff that happened in the last you know as we talked about 30 40 years which is on the on premises side and i worked at you know oracle and vmware then also my previous company was also building a very on premises product right from that to building something on the cloud and also delivering as a service with all the ci cd behind the scene so that we can literally you know upgrade the service like you know a netflix or a or a facebook or any of these big consumer companies uh, do essentially without you know causing impact i think that has been a lot of learning for us over the last you know 3 years or so right firstly it's about the economics of the public cloud how do you really build you know something on the cloud the right way while you know not breaking the bank both for yourself and also delivering a solution at the right economics and there's a lot of financial engineering that also needs to happen in the public cloud that has been a ton of learning for us no different from a from a customer if you think about it as they move their application from on prem to the cloud if they literally do lift and shift they basically will get a sticker shock in terms of uh, the the cloud and how much it costs but if they refactor it the right way or if they have the opportunity to build a new one uh, in the cloud itself then you take the real advantage of the cloud both in terms of services and economics and we are something similar we are a we are a we are a company even though we didn't have to take any application on prem but we are taking an application that was historically built for the on prem world which is a backup application and we have built it in the cloud and so there was a lot of learning for us to be involved in terms of how to leverage cloud the the right way so that has been a ton of learnings uh, for me as an engineer and an entrepreneur and then also uh, the whole service aspect of it right how do you truly deliver a service 
and a service that just seamlessly you know works and upgrades but the customer experience is delightful right uh, where they can essentially you know you, you go to clumio.com and you log in with your, with your with your credentials and with the refresh of a browser you are essentially getting you know a feature delivered to you over the air right and so that kind of an experience delivering that kind of experience at scale is a lot of you know sausage making behind the scenes that you have to get right you know over time right and so that has been a, a ton of learning also in terms of truly delivering and building a service in the cloud well one of the things i'd like to ask you is about how you go about this defining the surface area of the product because uh, one of the things that that needs to happen in order for a SaaS solution to work is you have to have commonality of requirements and so the reason that salesforce has become so big is that if you think of the hundred percent of possible crm functionality most people want the same 20 percent but you know if you look at a variety of different you know kind of uh, uh areas there's all sorts of specialty crms for real estate agents for country clubs for all sorts of others but they're not as nearly as big as salesforce because you know a huge amount of people want that same 20 percent and salesforce has become really big you know delivering that 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 sort of common set of requirements uh if you look at most enterprise software of the past, it tried to encompass that 100% and allowed you to configure and customize your way to, if you needed to kind of customize to get a special solution, you could start with the main solution and there was so much configuration possible you could do it. But in the SaaS world, that's not true. You have a much smaller set of configurability and that's the way that you can deliver this solution as in a multi-tenant fashion and in a, in a, in a, in a, in a web fashion. Um, and so how have you, have, what have the struggles you've been to like either provide something that is, you know, not too narrow so people can't, you know, configure themselves into their own use case, but also not too broad so it then becomes too complex and doesn't deliver on the SaaS promise. Have you had any struggles in that realm? Yeah, no, I think if you look at the, I think it's a great question because I think the surface area of the problem we are after is is also pretty wide, right? And if you try to you know, do all things to, to everyone, you know, be all things to everyone, you're not going to, you know, deliver it in time, or you're not going to, you're probably going to die before you deliver it, or you're not going to deliver it with the right simplicity, which is very important uh, with a SaaS solution like us, right? So this is where, you know, thankfully, you know, there's a bunch of standardization that you can count on, right? Uh, at least in this world where my data is, you know, you know, sitting in, in, in repositories that are very pretty well known, right? In the sense that, you know, I, I, you know, if I'm on-prem, I probably have a lot of VMware and maybe I'm using a VMware solution in the cloud also with VMC. If I'm on an AWS, I'm probably using, you know, some combination of S3, RDS and EBS. For the most part, you know, 99% of my data is, is probably in these data sources, right? Same thing with the on-prem world, yeah, my databases, you know, maybe I have Oracle and SQL Server. And then obviously, you know, I have data sitting in VMs and maybe NAS. So there's a bunch of you know rocks out there that you can actually focus on, and then there is a lot of sand that uh, that's also out there. So we are obviously focused on the rocks, especially the rocks that you know emerge as you move into the cloud, and then also focus on the big SaaS applications. We are not in the long tail of uh, of SaaS applications. You know we are focused on the top five. You can say that most likely are the you know maybe top ten uh, over time are most likely the data sources that people care about protecting and backing up anyways. Right. And so that I think helps in terms of focusing and really going and building, at least in the first few years, 
going and building stuff that customers will pay for and that will help the customer. Got it. Well, Kunjan, this has been a really, really fun uh, interview. I think we've achieved the goal, which is to figure out why this, this good idea isn't happening as, as much as I think it should be. And also we've learned a lot about the cloud backup problem and how Clumio is, uh, is pursuing it. So I hope we can talk again in the future and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Amazing questions and really enjoyed it. Really appreciate the time.